Welcome to Creating Her Best Life podcast. I'm your host, Hannah. I'm an entrepreneur, six-figure earner, mommy, and two-time liver transplant survivor. I have a passion to help others persevere in life and manifest the life that they truly desire. On this podcast, I'll be sharing tips, tricks, and resources all about business, motherhood, relationships, and mindset to help you get out of your own way so you can unapologetically live your best life. Let's get started. Thanks for tuning in to our next episode. I am super excited to have Erin on today. Uh, she's an entrepreneur, soon to be mama, and uh, we're going to talk all about abundance mindset today. So uh, I'm just really excited to have her share her story and uh, just all about uh, talking abundance. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited. This will be fun. <laughs> it will be. Me too. So. <laughs> Um, tell us a little bit, tell all the listeners a little bit about yourself, your backstory, that kind of thing. So, um, I live out in Columbus, Ohio and I grew up, um, small town, came to Columbus to go to college so I could be in like a big city. And, um, while I was in college, I changed my major every single semester. So I think I set a record because the Dean told me like, this is the, cause they have to sign every time they, that you change it. <laughs> It's like, this is the most I've ever signed my name for someone changing their major. And I was like, well, I have a lot of interests. So. Um, but um, I remember just, it just, it just it didn't feel right for me. I never found anything that was really exciting that I knew I wanted to do. And um, when I was 20, um, just finishing up my junior year of college, that's when the idea of entrepreneurship was ever um, even a thought in my mind. Um, I had met some people and I met people that were just doing things differently than I ever even thought about before. And it was, I was intrigued by it because I saw, I don't know, it was just something different. I mean, maybe that's just in my nature since I changed my major so many times. <laughs> Let's look more into this now. And um, so that's when I started down my road of entrepreneurship is um, at 20 years old, just after my junior year of college. And um, I decided to leave school at that point. So uh, you can imagine my mother was very oh, yeah. not impressed. At all. <laughs> um, and it was the worst. It wasn't like she yelled and was mad at me. It was the like crying, I'm disappointed. What did I was going to say that's the disappointed. It's the worst. Right. So that was even harder. But in hindsight, it was kind of a good thing because that kind of pushed me to be like, okay, well, I, now I have to make this work. So she's not disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously hindsight, looking back, that was a lot longer of a process than I thought it would be at the time. Um, right. But I dropped out of school. I moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, I was in a nutrition company. So we had um, an office and we would sell supplements and um, we built a sales team. So it was like my first like network marketing kind of experience, but different because it was like in an office. So it was weird. 
but okay. Was it a network marketing company? Yes, it was. Okay. And so I only knew what I only knew. And I thought that's how it was done. You moved all these different cities, you rent office space, you put on a suit, you do all this kind of stuff, whatever. And so (laughs) that's uh, wild. Yeah. So started down that path. And I mean, I won't get that into my story. I can give you as much detail as you like, but that's been 13 years ago. So since then, stayed down that path of network marketing, but had found different opportunities that suited me better. Um, And then the whole time just throughout that, just learning what my passions are and what I wanted to do with the income I was creating from my businesses. So um, basketball is something that was always really important to me. I loved playing. It's something that's a constant in my life that even when I was like, that's how I made friends was like going to the basketball court and playing pickup games. I'm pretty sure I'll probably be playing pickup games when I'm like 60 years old somewhere in the NCA, but, but that's just what I trade your own silver sneakers pickup games. Exactly. Is that a thing? I hope so. I don't know. I just see the silver sneakers at 24 hour, but yeah. I, if it's yeah. not, you could definitely you do it. it for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so this, uh, started coaching basketball, um, a few years ago. And then this year is my first year coaching, um, at the varsity level, which is was was always my goal to get to. Um, yeah, I've been married a couple years now and expecting our first child in April. Hey. So right now my life is kind of just in a nutshell managing and create like figuring out how to keep that entrepreneurial edge, but also be a wife, but also be a mom, but also be a basketball coach and whatever else I need to be. So yeah, all all the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you always have an abundance mindset? Like growing up, um, did your parents kind of instill the whole thing of like money doesn't grow on trees and right. we can't afford that? Is like is that how you grew up, or did you grow up with the we don't have it, but how can we find a way to get it? Um, I would say I didn't develop an abundance mindset until like three or four years ago. <laughs> how did it, like what helped there. you get there because I feel like I grew up small town all that kind of stuff there's like it's everything was like limited there's limited opportunity there's limited availability for this there's you know whatever my parents did great as far as like giving us the things we need but yeah exactly what you said the the money doesn't grow on trees or I'm not made of money or whatever kind of stuff it was. So there was definitely always like a lack mindset growing up. And I think that's why um, even when I went to college, I changed my major so much because it was all based around money. And I remember looking up online on Google. Well, at that time, I probably had to ask Jeeves, like, what, (laughs) what, what was the highest paying job right out of college, not even like long-term down the road, whatever, just immediately out of college, what major will allow me to make the most amount of money? And it was accounting at that time. So I changed my major to accounting. And anyone that's talked to me for like 13 seconds can tell that's not my personality probably to be an accountant. (laughs) No, not to sit behind a desk and crunch numbers all day. That's miserable. Like it makes me sweat to think about but but that's kind of like how I was making all my decisions was based on what can I do to make the most amount of money without 
I don't want to say without having to do the most, but kind of. It was like, how can I set this up, make it easier for myself? I just pick this major and then I get out and I graduate and I make the most amount of money possible. Cool. Yeah. Like, so like that's how I was making my decisions was based on money and what I wanted futuristically. So I think um, that and then even in business, even when I first started in business, I would get so like to me, it was like I succeeded or somebody else succeeded. We didn't both. Wasn't both. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I need because maybe growing up playing sports, you win the game, someone loses the game. That's it. Yeah. Two teams, you win or you lose. So for me, looking at like going into business, I thought, well, if I, if I, I have to be the winner, I have to be the best or else I'm the worst. So I wasn't a very team player for a long time in business because I watched out for number one. I had to like make sure I was I was taken care of first and that I was doing whatever I could or like just just doing what I could to make sure that like especially in the network marketing business, you know, we're talking about, you know, going out and whether so my first company obviously is nutrition. So whether we're selling a product or you want to recruit somebody onto your team, like I'm just gonna be honest, like I was young and in my early twenties, like I didn't really care that much. Like I was just about the dollar bill. Like, so I didn't really care yeah. that much. So I would like do whatever it took to like, try and like make sure that I was showing everyone that I knew first and like being obnoxious about making sure that they were to sign up with me instead of somebody else. Because if somebody signed up with somebody else or somebody else sold someone else my pro- a product, that means I couldn't do it. And so I was going to fail. It was like the scarcity mentality yeah. of there's not enough for everybody. So I have yeah. to go get it. 100%, which like, Gosh, like listening to me right now, I would not like myself, but <laughs> I was fun and I was nice to people, but that was just my mindset in the background. It was like, I gotta, I gotta win, you know? And it- I think we all go through it though. I mean, yeah. we even did it in network marketing and even in other areas because you just want, I think it's very few people who are taught the abundance mindset as a young kid. Yeah, I 100% agree. Because it's always, yeah, 100%. It's always that, you know, I mean, parents don't mean to, but is that accidental? Like, what do you think? I'm made out of money? Yeah. Like, money doesn't grow on trees. We can't get that. And you put it in, you don't know you're doing it, but you're programming that into your kid of money's hard. Money's hard to make. And we don't have enough. And so then that's how we grow up thinking there isn't enough. For everybody, I have to figure out how to make enough for myself because money's hard. Exactly. So like you grow up thinking like everything has a limit. Everything's limited. So yeah. time, which obviously time is limited, but like throughout your day, like I can only <laughs> do this or whatever. And I don't know. It was, it was bad, but it wasn't till probably like obviously everyone had go, goes through their course. They run their course. They run their journey. They figure out things at different points in their life for different reasons. But it didn't take, it probably took me until like four, probably about four years ago to really understand that what abundance meant and lifestyle and like what that meant, like the abundance mentality that there is enough for us all. Yeah. And I think abundance even goes outside of money. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like abundance can be so many different things in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just like, yep, go ahead. It can mean different things to other people. Right. 
And it was kind of like a challenge for me, I think, because um, well, nobody wants to admit that they have a scarcity or lack mindset, first of all. <laughs> yeah. People call you out on it or say things to you. Like no one wants to face that mirror and be like, oh, I do think with a lot of limits or whatever. Um, but I think just obviously through personal development and being around people that think differently, eventually over time, you, you start thinking in a different way and understanding different perspectives. And um, I just remember like just thinking, I don't even honestly remember who it was, where I was or what it was, but somebody talking about like, what's for me is for me. Like if I don't trust God and what he has available for me, why do I think I can go out and go do this on my own? And that was like something that kind of like stopped me and made me think. And I was like, oh, shoot, do I think I got it more together than the big man upstairs that has this plan already? Like my mind yeah. kind of to do all this and go for all this on my own when it's almost like a, that lack of trust that that there is enough for me and that there is a plan and what I'm supposed to have, I will have. Nobody can take what's what what is set for me already yeah. so run the course and you're willing to help other people <laughs> right you know what i mean because we all want this abundance but like i'm even learning a little bit more mm-hmm. you know you have to help other people but we're scared to help them because we feel like it's going to take it from us but you expect to be abundant and so it's like you're running this circle that's never it, it, it's not going to work right exactly exactly so um And I think, too, I think that's one of my favorite things that I think I like about certain businesses (laughs) um, in certain avenues is that you do the best, you do better by promoting and shining a spotlight on other people. And I think to just like, even like meeting my husband when I met Ryan, he was just someone that was eye-opening to me and like when we first like started dating and you just start kind of like watching and seeing people's character and that kind of stuff where I noticed right away like he he never ever first of all he like never gossiped or talked about people ever I was like holy wow this is a saint (laughs) like (laughs) and secondly like every time he had an opportunity he was always pushing other people in the limelight other people out there to be seen and focus on them instead of himself. But, but that made him in return, in return, that helped, that made him feel the best was doing that for other people. Like he still got a fulfillment and gratification. It didn't have to be all eyes on him. Like he loved pushing other people in the spotlight. And I just remember watching that and thinking like, look how, look what he's doing for other people and how good they feel and how, empowered they are and how they step up and feel good about themselves that someone notices but then in turn full circle it always came back to him he didn't didn't do it with that intent or that expectation but that's just how it happened so uh, that's definitely uh, do you ever listen to ed milet do you know who he is yeah i just as of recently he came on like my radar recently so not much so i'm like obsessed with him <laughs> perfect <laughs> I was, oh yeah because i talk about him <laughs> all the time <laughs> he's like who is this guy i'm like you don't he's amazing but uh he was doing a podcast with um the skinny confidential and they were talking about how all of the businesses that he started weren't because of money 
he started them to help people and the money just came and the skinny confidential was talking about how she started her blog for herself and then to help people because she just enjoyed it and it turned into this crazy thing where she's making like seven figures but it wasn't her intention her intention was to help others but the abundance came with it because of the mindset behind it right that's what that's that's amazing because that's something Ryan and I like talk about all the time how like profit isn't a purpose so Mm-mm. you know profit comes as a result of you <laughs> following yeah. purpose. and I think sometimes when I think that's why it kind of takes people you know, like I said, like I grew up small town, not a lot of money, went to college because I thought that was the answer to make money, saw network marketing. So of course I was like, again, seeing an opportunity to make money. And that was like everything that drove me the whole entire time, because I thought the more money I make, the more important I am going to be, that's going to validate me. I want people to see like, that was success. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Erin made it because she drives this car and does this and makes this now. Like that's what the driving factor was and very much why I started. And it just took that long, many, many, many years up until, like I said, like maybe four or five years ago to have that turn of thinking about what's the actual like purpose that I'm put on this earth to achieve and how can I use these businesses or use these opportunities or use what's in front of me to fulfill that purpose. And I think that like, when you chase money or chase success, anything you're chasing is obviously running from you because you have to chase it. But it's like, so what if I do something that's attracting, makes me feel good about what I'm doing? I don't feel like it's all about me. I can, it's, it's a bigger purpose. It's more about other people and what I can do for other people than that in turn. And sometimes it doesn't happen right away, which I think is like a big reason why people still get into the following the money because no one can tell you, oh, on this day of this year is when you're going to be rewarded for what you did. So <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, you have to. We have no idea. You work a lot in the beginning to get paid at the end, but you don't know how long that beginning is going to be. And you don't know, and you don't know what direction it's going to take. So I always talk about too, like if people were to, like if people, if I were to look at my life right now, everything of how it is right now, and go back seven, eight years, there's no way I could predict or tell you that this is what I would be doing, what my life would look like. Yeah. So I think people, you've got to like define what that purpose is and what, what you're on this earth to do and what you can ultimately do. Like that, like that blog we were just talking about, she was just doing something out of the goodness of her heart because she was passionate about it. She wasn't chasing the money, but the money came. So I think if people figured that out, what they're on this earth, on this earth to do and what drives them, use their unique gifts and talents to go out and create something and inspire other people or be a part of another person's story, what that can do long-term for them. And I think people have to be, once you decide what, what that is, and that can change, <laughs> but once you have that image in your mind or that idea of your purpose, you got to be fluid, I think, in how you get there because the path isn't, we don't get to decide the path. We don't know yeah. what it's going to be. So like I said, I was, so 13 years I've done network marketing, but the first six were in a nutrition company. So I'm not passionate about nutrition. I just regurgitated what I heard people say. <laughs> like, <laughs> they like know a lot of stuff, but, but exactly what you just said. Like, I felt like I was, 
I got in, I got excited about it because I saw possibility. My first 90 days in that company, I made $9,000, which again, I had to learn compensation plans. A lot of network marketing companies, that's a whole nother topic, but like front-loaded compensation plans. So people make a bunch of money right away. So they get excited and stick around. Hence me, Mm -hmm. you know, so I made Mm -hmm. nine grand in 90 days, but that income drastically dropped over the next few years, but I had a piece of it. So I wanted to stick it out. So long story short, like I was in that company for six years and we didn't do it part, like part-time wasn't an option. Like that wasn't a thing. Like we were in an office all day long, all day. I would go put like flyers on people's cars or like signs out or like little pull tabs in college campuses. I would steal college campus um, directories and cold call people out of it. Uh, <laughs> like it was a, tw- it was nonstop. Like we worked hard and I'm saying like every day for six years where I think people in network marketing now it's like, Everyone, people do things online. It's easy, like a couple hours a week, whatever. So yeah. six years was not like that. That six years was hard every day doing those kinds of things every day, nonstop. And I wasn't making the most I ever made in a month was like two grand under residual wow. check after that much effort. And that dwindled down, right? There's business. So like by the end of that company, my highest, my residual check in that company at the end of six years was $600. And then, so definitely went down, but I'm still working on that. (laughs) So the whole point of the story is then we meet people, people cross our paths, whatever. We find a different opportunity and took a leap of faith. And almost like right away within the first few months, I was triple, quadruple what it took me six years to do. So sometimes you don't know what's going to happen in your life. You have to be willing to move with the changes and be fluid in the path. Because I thought that nutrition company was my path to wealth. Well, and I think you have to grow into it. Like you have to like grow your mindset. I'm always reminded of like people who win the lottery. I think it's like between 80 and 90% of people who win the lottery are broke or bankrupt within five years. Right. It's because they didn't have a mindset of how to keep it. They had a lack mentality and they just went and bought whatever they wanted and they have the thermometer of how much money they can make and how much they can keep because of what they believe. And so they may have, it's just like your house. You may have spiked it. It may be like 80, but you hit it to 75. It's going to do all that it has to do to get back to 75. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happens with our money thermometer. Also, if you don't change it and it can take a long time because you were, you were taught your whole life, this money mindset. And so it doesn't take you a year, two years to change that. It can take a long time. Yeah. And then that's usually when you start making the money, once you've fixed it and you realize, okay, I've got to change it. And you've done the work like you did those six years. You were growing yourself. You were doing everything. And then it paid off. Your abundance mindset paid off when you went to the second company. Mm -hmm. It's like, thank God. this. Now I'm actually earning income. Yeah, you're exactly right. Because the thermometer was set to a higher level now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But like same thing too. Like I love the lottery example or like professional athletes a lot of times and all that kind of stuff because we we 
And I remember learning this. I can't remember what book it was in. Maybe you know. But I remember, or, or I don't even remember where I was when I heard it, but just talking about it doesn't matter what happened. Like people that know and learn how to make money, you can never take that skill away ever. No. So no matter no, what, I, if you lose your money, like, you know, lottery, like people that win the lottery, they don't, they've never built up that skill or put the work in into the reps to learn the mindset or the skill set to acquire money. So when it's gone, it's gone. But think about love him or hate him, Donald Trump, for example, who's made a bunch of money and lost a bunch of money, but he built up the skill set to know how to make it again. And like, I was just yeah. about to say, I know it's like a controversial <laughs> topic, but right. But somebody asked me the other day if I could meet somebody, who would it be? Who would I have dinner with? It would I'm I'm sorry, but it would be Donald Trump. The yeah. guy is a brilliant businessman. Mm-hmm. He's gone bankrupt, I think around like five between five and eight times, and he's a billionaire because that's yeah. his money like thermometer. He just has the skills and the mindset to bring it back. It's like he doesn't even care if I'm reading one of his old books yeah. right now. He doesn't even care that he went bankrupt Uh -uh. because he's like, I'll I'll get it back. It's not a big deal. I remember one time he was bankrupt and uh, he was in a commercial for some bank card. I don't remember what it was, but he was like in a dumpster, like picking out this card and the commercial was like, wow, I didn't know he was that broke. And I'm sitting there thinking he's not because look what he just got paid to be in this commercial. (laughs) Like, Yeah. And there's a difference between like poor and uh, uh, broke. Right. Like there's a poor mentality and there's a broke a broke person knows like hey i don't have the money in my bank account right now but i've got the skills and it's coming a poor person it's their mindset of lack and no matter how broke donald trump went he was so wealthy upstairs in his head something you don't go that broke by just not attempting a new thing and failing at it. So obviously yeah, you failed somewhere and lost a bunch of money, but you learn and grow and move on from it. I like people talk about like, and if so many people, again, this could be a tangent, so I won't, but like talk about like, oh, he's a failure because he's gone bankrupt so much time. I'm like, you've never even had that much money in your life to even lose. So Yeah. And I mean, if you really look at an average entrepreneur, they don't make it half the time they don't even make it, but they don't make it within their like first two to five businesses. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because you do, you have to make so many different um, risky things. You have to be willing to go work. You have to be willing to change your mindset, do the hard stuff that most people aren't and they're not, but that's how you keep the money. That's how you bring it to you. That's how you attract it. That's a whole different thing. You yeah. can attract this stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Which is why you have to love it. You have to love what you do and like <laughs> be passionate about it or you're not going to stick it out to do the hard to like get back up to make the money if you lose it. It's just going to be a what was me story. Yeah. But yeah. Like- you have to have the energy to bring it to you. There's I mean, I'm guilty of it in many different ways, but yeah. you know, you're you're so excited to make all this money, but then something happens, and you're like, "Oh, well, looks like I'm not going to make any of this year." And that's now what you start talking about. Well, now you're pushing ev- all of that money away from you. It's yeah. all an energy transfer, and yep. you're not bringing any of it to you. Yeah, I used to. So, like in my in my money-making career with ups and downs, I've noticed that um, 
that there's just there's time there's a difference I feel like between abundance mindset and obviously being financially responsible. Sometimes oh yeah, I make certain decisions. You know, I remember being like, do I really need a brand new purse or do I need to go to an event that's going to help me buy ten yeah. purses or whatever? So like, you know what I mean? Like we're or figure out a way to do both which was what I always try to do. <laughs> but <laughs> like, well, let's do both here. But um, but just like, so I think there's a difference in understanding that. Like you can have that abundance mindset mentality or whatever, but still be financially responsible and do what you need to do long-term. Because I remember there were times where when my money would drop, where I wasn't making as much as I used to, like what's the difference? And a lot of times I was just carelessly spending money or like going out drinking a lot more with friends or just like stupid stuff that wasn't helping anybody or doing anything. I wasn't giving of myself. I wasn't doing anything with my time or money to benefit anybody else. It was me, 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 because I worked hard for this money and I'm going to go out and enjoy it. And then again, Ryan, when I met him, he has this affirmation he always said, which since I've met him, I have stolen it and adopted it as my own, and it's on my big whiteboard of affirmations in my bedroom. <laughs> but um, he always talks um, – big affirmation was, I am a worthy steward of the time and money God blesses me with. That's good. And it was like – it wasn't like that change in mindset that I really was receiving more because I was doing more good with it instead of just blowing it, right? So no matter what you believe in – whatever for me, God. So it's like, is God going to give me more money when he sees me just going to the bar with it? Yeah. Like, yeah, have fun. But like, you know, what are you, what are you doing? So are you using these blessings that you're given that I didn't go out and achieve on my own? So he had a part of that. And then I'm going out and just blowing it on pointless stuff and not benefiting anybody else. So why is he going to give me more of it? Yeah. Yeah. And you have to, I think a lot of people are scared to lose it. So then they, you know, they hold on to it or um, they want to impress the people. So they just go spend it really, really quickly. Right. And both of them Gosh, don't hold, yeah. work. That's a whole nother topic. I feel like impressing other people because <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> Nobody cares. No, and keeping up with the Joneses yeah. isn't smart because you don't know what the Joneses inside world looks like. Girl, yeah. For- and also being scared to lose it, that doesn't do anything but push it away. I've, Man, I've spoken to a lot of big wig entrepreneurs or things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, well, you know, I, I can't lose it. And I just that's a huge thing. You have to be careful not to be afraid right. to be smart with it, but you have to know that you have the skills to go build it again. Right. You don't want to sell out who you are and what your principles are that got you there. Um, yeah. And so I think another, this is going to, this might resonate with some people, but it was definitely something in my mind that it took me a second to realize I was afraid to make money because I was terrified of taxes. Like, yeah, I remember because one of the first wealthiest people that I've ever met in my entire life talked about one time like his um, that he paid like uh, I think it was like ninety two thousand is the number that sticks out of my head. But he paid ninety two thousand dollars in taxes the year I met him. So I was like, oh, my gosh, like to me, I never want to pay ninety two thousand 
in taxes. <laughs> but then I was like, yeah. oh, shit, how much money did he make, though? <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of people get afraid to make money because of what so many people are, you know, talk about how the rich are mean or they're not good people. I think rich people or, rule. Yeah, they just... <laughs> I do too, but so many people are like, they just, um, they think rich people are just snooty right. and that's all they care about. All they care about is money. But I, I mean, I really some people, but there's crappy poor people too. Yeah. And I honestly think deep down inside 99% of people who say that it's because they wish they were rich. Right. Like they don't like just like you're, you know, you're envious of the girl next door, so you make fun of her. Yeah. But then it causes us to be like, oh God, I, I don't want to be a bad person. I'm a good person. I, I don't want to make money then. Yeah. And it's like you do in your head, and you're saying you do at one point, but you have this belief system that you've built inside of you since you were younger that money's bad because you have to be a bad person in order to be wealthy. And I think that really prevents a lot of people and you don't even know it. Right. I agree 100%. People, yeah. Or if people are like, oh, I hate rich people. But it's like, if I offered you a check right now for $200,000, you'd take it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't hate yeah. that. <laughs> you hate the fact that you're not rich. Right. Exactly. It's just jealous, envy, whatever. And Yeah, but it prevents a lot of us. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know why we do that to ourselves, block money from coming our ways. And I'm sure that there's still even ways that I do that today without even realizing it that I'll learn in a few years. But um, you know what I mean? But there's just so much. I just think it's interesting, too, when you like meet like wealthy people or listen to anything that they say, which is another thing, P.S., by the way. All these like broke people or people that hate rich people – are list like sitting around just listening to rich rappers talk about like whatever and like what they're yeah. listening to and focusing on paying attention to some of the wealthiest people in the world they've never even heard of or never even listened to them so if they ever heard them speak or say anything they would realize wow it's a pretty amazing person um and a lot of them like they have such good stories and comes from and i love um so I'm like a big Tony Robbins fan. I know it's like super cool and nerdy, but like, <laughs> have you ever listened to Tony Robbins? Though, like, he never he tell every time he speaks at an event, he talks about that story of being a young kid at Thanksgiving with someone coming to give to his family and his perception that strangers care and that that he wanted to pay that for. Like, he's somebody as successful as he is. He tells that story all the time because he never forgets his purpose, his why, or where he came from ever. And I think when you listen to like wealthy people speak, that's a common denominator is a lot of them have that come from or that big driving purpose behind them. And they all, for the most part, have really good intentions for their desires to acquire wealth for the most part. That's not everybody, yeah. but I'm just saying like, so a lot of them do. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just think that's something people don't realize. They just see... And, and, and again, I think when you acquire wealth or you make a bunch of money, what you decide to do with it, I mean, everybody has different different things that make them feel good. For example, I can see like when people say, oh, rich people, like, is it really necessary to go out and buy a Lamborghini? No. And I'm not a car person, so I could care less about 
any of that kind of stuff. But like what someone chooses to do with that as a reward for working their ass off isn't any of my concern. So I don't care. But like people look at like all of these rich and they have to like scale it to their to their size, though. So like people I can understand an argument where people are like, oh, this person just bought a brand new Lambo where they could have taken that money and fed the poor. Probably true. Maybe. I don't know. This could go on a whole different deep philosophical debate. So we don't need to get into that. But <laughs> but, but it is. It's like what they do with it is not of our right. business. I think giving like money, the rich, it just highlights who that person is deep down inside. Right. Where I think that, so, that person saying that, that maybe doesn't make as much money to go out and buy a Lambo, they're still wasting their money on something. It's just not as large yeah. of a scale. So it's as like, I say, they could take their extra food and go for yeah, the poor, but they don't. <laughs> yeah. So I really think that just the, the money really highlights who that person is. Being rich, being poor doesn't change the character of that person. But I know that it can, the belief that we put in saying, you know, rich people are, you have to be a bad person, that kind of thing can really hinder you wanting to become rich. You think you do, but you have this belief system in that doesn't line up with who you are. So you can't bring it to you. Right. And I think when we say like rich people and we're talking like, you know, obviously we've mentioned like, I don't know how much Ed Milet makes. I don't know much about him, but probably not. <laughs> and Donald Trump, Trump and Tony Robbins. Like we're talking about like these big names, but like if we keep in mind like the average millionaire in America that we don't know, which is the majority of millionaires that live next door in a house that we don't know about and drive a regular yeah. car that and, and they give more than anybody. I think a lot of times when people think rich, they think these outliers of big Jay-Z, you know, like I <laughs> think like these outliers where it's like, think about the majority, large percentage of millionaires in America that you don't know about, you never see them, and they do amazing things with their time and money. Yeah, it's like the millionaire next door. Yeah, exactly. Read it. So if you were going to help somebody like change their mindset on abundance, money, uh, what are your few go-to books on that? Ooh, I don't really know. That's a good question. I have like my giant bookshelf behind me, so I'm trying to like look at some of them. I'll go first. Then my favorite one is Secrets of the Millionaire Mind because yep. it's an it's an easy read, but it gives you a lot of like the basics, and it teaches you about the money blueprint, like your thermometer, what type of person you are. are you a spender? Are you a saver? Yeah. Are you an avoider? That kind of a thing. So that one and even the conference is kind of like one of my go-to money books. The conference? Yeah. I don't think I've heard of the conference. It's just a Secrets of the Millionaire weekend. It's really, really good. Well, I would say, like, I'm looking, it's funny you say that because, like, that's exactly where my eyes went when I looked behind me. It's like, oh, yeah, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I'm like, mm-hmm. that. We have so freaking many, but we have tons oh, we of, of the Robert Key, every single Robert Kiyosaki book in the world that's we good. have. <laughs> he is one of my favorites, too. And I think, like, obviously, getting over the abundance mindset is like, okay, so again, back to Tony Robbins, like, Money Master the Game and Unshakable. They're very thick, big, detailed books that my personality isn't going to sit there and read them all, but I've read chapters of these books. Mm-hmm. So I think they teach you an outline too, like how it's not difficult, like what's available to us that we can still do as 
average, I guess, income or whatever, middle class to, to grow our money and to understand that. When Because when you see like, okay, Sue next door, this example of her, and she was able to take that money and grow it, I can do that too versus comparing myself to Ed Milet. But yeah, um, for sure. So I think those books are good. What you said, um, obviously Think and Grow Rich, classic that I feel like everybody should read. Um, yeah. What else do I got down here? I think Rich Dad Poor Dad is a yeah. really good one to give you the difference between pretty much a yeah. poor mindset and a uh, like a wealthy mindset. Yeah. Like he grows up with two different dads. One's really wealthy, one yep. doesn't, and he sees the difference in the mindset. Exactly. I think Failing Forward, John Maxwell is a good one for dealing with your setbacks financially as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And how to power through. I mean, there's a ton of it, but I think for me, it's just like over time and just like the questions and the conversations you have with yourself or the people that are closest to you, because I like to surround myself with people that challenge the hell out of the way I think. Um, yeah. And I, I always joke, I play devil's advocate against myself sometimes, but, um, and I watch people. I love like watching people and seeing why they do what they do. And um, I think for me, the biggest change in creating an abundance mindset for myself was a- just asking myself why why I think what I think, because I would um, it, like just like wh- like okay like if they if they make this money or they whatever that's less for me to make. Well, why? Do you know what I mean? Just like keep asking and getting deep, like why we think these things anyways, and then yeah. realizing when you watch successful people, they are abundance and they aren't afraid to shine a light on other people you know it's like it 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 always comes back twofold you know I could even think about like um like even like podcasting for example you have a podcast I have a podcast does you going out and getting like two million subscribers and hitting it big on your podcast take away from my opportunity no not at all not at all but like five years ago Aaron probably would have thought that you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. so it's like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. And it's like realizing that we're in a space today where like nothing's new. People, a lot of people are doing the same thing. A lot of people are trying to achieve some similar goals. But when you shine a light on other people and you help other people, that comes back to like twofold as well. Um, and just like understand that. So I think like if you're trying to create, if you notice or, str- or yourself struggling or thinking with a lack mindset or a scarcity mindset to just write down and challenge yourself and write down why you think the way that you think or what experiences have you had to let it, to lead you believe that way. And more importantly, what's your result? Cause you're probably still not where you want to be because you're thinking that way still. So I would say like seek out people that are doing well, follow, watch what they do, watch them really well. Um, again, I use Ryan as an example, just cause he was, he's the closest person to me, obviously as my husband. But like, I remember me like going out with him, like, He's so about what he can servant leadership and what he can do for other people. Even going to like networking events, I noticed when he would like meet people at events and talk to people or whatever, he never ever talked about himself or what he did or whatever. He was so interested in other people and finding out what their goals are and what they're doing and how he can help and how he can serve them or be a part of their story. And if anything came back to him, that was just an extra bonus. So it was really just like that that step back of watching people that 
have either high level of successes or a different level of success than you have, or that are just happy, fulfilled, purpose-driven people and watching them <laughs> and their mindset and yeah. those people and just watch For sure. and observe. For sure. So shout out to Ryan. <laughs> you need to have him on your podcast. Oh my gosh. He's going to be, I tell him on our podcast. Like I talk about him all the time. I was like, people know a lot about you. Sorry. But they're usually, for the most part, good examples. When that's funny. Not all the time, but. But I think that's the big difference, though. Like, obviously, I spend the most time in my life around him. So you're, that's a whole separate PSA. Like, if you're going to date and marry someone, you spend a lot of time with them. So they better be your best friend. <laughs> this is this is random, but fun, fun, uh, fun. What's the word I'm looking for? Advice I received a while back. Um, there was a woman that I really, 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 really looked up to in business and she just had it. She just had it together. She looked good. She just walked with confidence. She made money. She was a great speaker. She influenced people. She was just an awesome person. And anytime I got a chance to talk to her, there was always like little nuggets that I liked, like took from her. And um, one thing she said to me in, in business, so if you're in business or you're try in that realm, like she said, you have to be careful. She's like, when you start dating somebody, take a look at your paycheck. Does it go up or down yeah. when you're dating them? <laughs> it's like, that's a good True. indication of someone if you should be with them or not. And I was like, yeah, that's like simple, but really good advice. <laughs> that is really good advice. That is a, that is a golden nugget right yeah. there. That's for sure. And I always, always, always just like kept that in the back of my mind throughout the whole dating process, which was many, many years for me. But <laughs> I was like, all right, my income has gone down since dating you because what are we doing and what are we thinking about and who, what kind of people I'm hanging around with? And then, yeah, met that is so and had a great month. So I was like, all right, let's keep a, yeah, let's keep it. You can stay around. We can, we can do this. We can do this together. Yeah, for sure. That's a whole, Another topic that you could probably do a whole nother podcast episode about actually like the kind of people that you're dating and how they affect. <laughs> they do, how they affect your daily life. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <clears throat> well, this is awesome. I enjoyed this so much. Thank you for coming on. Um, Thank you. This, this is fun. so good. There's so many good nuggets in this. Yeah. I don't even know. I told you like I'm a queen of tangent. So sorry if I didn't stay on the right topic, but. No, it's awesome. This is how I wanted it. Like coffee with a girlfriend yeah. online. So this is awesome. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm excited to listen to all the rest of your episodes. Definitely. So thank you again. And you can, where can you find, so if our listeners want to find you, um, where can they go to see you? So um, um, none of my stuff's the same. So on Instagram, it's Aaron underscore travels for life. And um, our podcast is the Confident Woman podcast. So I'll see that's on Instagram and on all platforms. And what is my, do people tweet or Twitter people things? I think so. Okay. I need to get on it, but <laughs> I know I need to too. But on Twitter, it's travel and hoops because that's the best life to have. That's creating and the will... best life is travel and basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I will um, link all of your stuff, all of your sites, everything in the show notes. Um, but your podcast is incredible. So Thank you. if 
you're looking for another podcast that just has great information, it's a ton of um, valuable content, definitely check out their podcast. And I, like I said, I'll link everything in the show notes so they can find you on all different platforms, all different names. Awesome. <laughs> all of them. I, I should make them similar. <laughs> I should too, but it works. Well, thank you again, and I'm excited for this, and I will just catch everybody on our next episode. Thanks.